Hello, I'm Kim Stewart, and this is It's the People's Radio, a four-part documentary on the experiences of people with a disability in community radio. In this third episode, you'll hear radio producers with a disability talk about how important it is to have someone on your team when you're trying something new, and how sometimes people's attitudes towards people with a disability can be limiting for everyone. While many of those I interviewed for this research cited a mentor or special person who helped them, unfortunately accessibility was sometimes hampered by the intolerant attitudes of other volunteers at a station. The subject of attitudes, good and bad, and the importance of changing attitudes of the non-disabled was the most cited theme in this research. My next question is about the barriers, and you have faced some barriers, haven't you? Yeah, we did. Unfortunately, towards the end... I had to I had to pull Connor out of the radio, which was bad because Connor loved it. Uh, our radio booth, uh, the presenter's room had a window and that sort of, we were told it was called the, the monkey cage where, where people could view you. <laughs> you, you know, you, you're getting on and doing your, your shift and then you look up and there's people looking at you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so the volunteers used to just peek in and give me a quick wave Three members of the board in particular, uh, they would come in and they would have loud conversations through that window area. The window of the recording studio, the um, presenting room, wasn't soundproof Mm. and these adults knew that. Connor's diagnosis and his disability was disclosed from the time we stepped into the radio station and it was no problem up until that time and there was a particular member that seem to always come in and talk loudly over the phone they knew that their voice was coming through they knew it was loud enough we we asked them personally to keep their voice down that it was going to go over the airwaves and the fact that it was making it hard for Connor because you know he'd stutter on air and then he'd get embarrassed and yeah it just he lost his confidence. So do you feel it was intentional? I do yes unfortunately yes I never asked for star treatment for Connor. I just asked for, you know, fair, just if people would mind doing that, but never insisted that they did. Anyway, what I was told was that this particular individual that was talking too loud was approached, discussed Connor's need for quiet. Mm. And the response that I was told that they got from this individual was Connor needs to learn to suck it up. Uh, this manager, um, I've, I would ask her periodically, well, when are you going to start training me so I can do a, a program of some sort? And she'd say, yeah, when I get time. So she was, I think in some ways she was sort of holding me back. Mm, three years is a long time to wait, isn't it? Uh, yes. Because there's a lot of people with, like, loaded, like, with disabilities out there and some are converby and some can't. Verbally. So, I mean, some can talk? Yeah, some yeah. can't, you know. Fair enough, that's, they are, you're not lying doing, but that's that's to themselves, you know. But, you know, I think it's good because people will have a freedom of speaking about disabilities and all that, you know. They've got to be heard. I think it's good to get heard out. People don't quite understand. I think there were just a lot of different perspectives. There were people who, I think because of the politics of 3CR, 
who had kind of schooled themselves to treat people with disability as absolutely no different to anybody else. And so, to some extent, were a bit taken aback when suddenly it became an identity that we were talking about. Mm. And so I think there was some people weren't really sure whether they had permission to talk about disability and how to talk about disability at all and what words were okay to use. All of that kind of stuff came up. And then I think there were other people who felt that, I mean, it just so happened that I'd said, can we do this? And then because I'd said, can we do it? I ended up coordinating it. (laughs) Um, I think there were other people who felt that well, why aren't I involved in that? Mm. And there was no reason why they couldn't have been. It was just a question of, you know, I'd started it and we just had to go from somewhere. But there were a few different issues around people's different perspectives on identity and disability. Yeah, I think it challenged some people's idea of their own politics and their own inclusivity. Look, 3CR prides itself on being progressive and... You get a lot of people who come to 3CR and they're passionate about everything to do with progressive politics. But when you point out that they're rarely engaging with disability issues, it makes people uncomfortable. So that was a bit of a challenge. And, and to be honest, I think you know 3CR was no different to other parts of the communities. That as you say, people often live quite segregated lives. When you'd say, well, you know, this issue is a, a current community politics issue, it's about disability, you should talk to some people, and you should talk to some people with disability about it, and there would be this acceptance that, yeah, clearly that's the kind of thing I should cover, but I just don't know how to talk to these people, and um, I don't know how to talk about them, and all of that kind of stuff. So it, it, it was a bit of a barrier, but I think having the day, like it's been going for eight, nine years now, has really changed that, and we've got a lot more programmers now who volunteer to do programming on on disability day and and do more interviewing um, of current affairs stuff all year round now i think it was a challenge to people to say you conceive of yourself as progressive people but you know there might be a bit of a gap here and and maybe that's not your fault but we just need to kind of be recognize it but it's all it's all about going going out in the community and saying look i can do this because i know we've had couple of guys here that have tried to get into other stations and they've been quite unsuccessful unfortunately mm. even why, though, why is that do you think um because the management don't think they can do it because they've got vision impairments and it's so, you talk know about the vision visioned people being short-sighted yeah that's it it it, it comes down to that and it's basically yes there's some setup but once we get set up properly we're just as good as anyone else yeah. basically yeah. it's all audio you don't need sight to do audio. It's your it's your natural place to be. Isn't yeah, that's it. In the world of sound. That's it. It's <laughs> sound. Why do you need? You know, if I wanted to go into film, it'd be a different story. But sounds good. You can hear it. You listen to it. You produce it the way you want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, with your research and your programs, that people around the country in community stations will actually sit up and go, well, maybe we should give these guys a go. You're listening to it's the People's Radio a four-part documentary on the experiences of people with a disability in community radio. Do you think that you both change people's attitudes about what it means to have a disability by hearing your interesting Uh, stories? Well, hopefully it does. Because a lot of people don't really have that that negative thought that people with a disability can't do anything and they they basically can't work, they can't do anything. And I reckon this is a positive thing to go in the future. For people to know that there's people with disability have a voice and they are heard out in the community and 
out in the world. What about you, Paul? I'm going to be a bit blunt and sort of say that I think people without a disability, they see us as not the same. So I think to try and change that is hard and um, has been for such a long time, you know. Mm. Your um, whole life, I suppose, you've been working yeah. towards this. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, I've had a disability, yeah. I've got a mental illness, and I just... At first, I didn't want. I didn't know if people would understand how it really affected me. So I reckon by talking about it, it's helping me get through the tough times and talking about how people can help other people who are going through the same. And it's just facing those challenges and, we, and head on. We've probably got a few more challenges than what other people have got, but it's those challenges that really make each of us individuals, you know. What made you decide to get involved in the radio group? Um, to interview people, um, to have my story out there, or sort of, not my t- story, but to let people know a bit about me. He started with two trainers from Harvey Community Radio, who were both very active within the station themselves, both had their own shows. Jesse had a connection with both of them, one being my husband's cousin and another, Corinne, who is very involved. Her mum is the station manager and they just sat with him once a week. We started for two hours and eventually it just worked from him just saying a few words on the microphone, progressing through to working on the boards, using the CD players, learning about the mics and volumes and balances through to the computer to uploading, downloading, doing it all himself. That whole process took about 18 months. The station girls and Janine, the manager, were just amazing. They were very, very supportive right from the very beginning. But you do get people who pick up on the fact, yeah, like you're trying to speak slow or clearer. Dave Graney and his wife, um, I interviewed them over the front. They were just <laughs> really, really you know, harsh. Yeah, they actually took the mickey out of the way I was talking. Needless to say, I kept that one short and sweet. Yeah, um, yeah it was just, they kind of um, mimicked a couple of the things I said, and it was like, you could just tell what was going over. So basically, I just did what I had to do. Said goodbye without giving him some fornicative directions, <laughs> which he really wanted to. <laughs> no oh doubt. yeah, it's it's ailed me to this very day. Like, oh, I wish I, you know, you know what? Who do you think you're talking to? It's important that um, I guess not only for community radio but for any sort of community organisation to reflect this community more accurately. There's a tendency to think, oh, people with different disabilities or world situations um, are limited to what they can do, and I guess it's more a case of how about we see what they can do before we put limits on on what they can do or what we think they can do. Mm-hmm. Quite often, you know, people say, oh, they're amazing or they're unbelievable. It's, 
And they're not really. They're just because that surpassed what people have thought they could do. They're deemed amazing or they're deemed brilliant or whatever. And but when you have no expectations at all, when you think, oh, they can't do anything, for them to do anything is a bit of a shock. Hmm. So I, I guess it's more of a doing people as in general as they are, you know. See what they can do. See what they offer. Community radios is representation. It's more like the people's radio. And people with disabilities and part of the people say there should be more of whatever it's there out there and they want to have a go, have a go. Changing attitudes is the first step and ABC Radio have certainly embraced that, especially with me and, and others like me, you know, understanding that my needs are different. They certainly understand that I may not be able to come into the studio at, at 5.30 or 6 in the morning it might not be the most effective way to, you know, to do the interview with me, so they will do it over the phone. Or they're quite comfortable with the fact that I may turn up in my pyjamas. <laughs> You're listening to It's the People's Radio, a four-part documentary on the experiences of people with a disability in community radio. This has been part three. In the next and last episode... People with a disability in community radio talk about how very important it is to have a voice and how community radio gives them one. Produced by Kim Stewart, that's me, as part of my doctoral research at the Queensland University of Technology in Brisbane, Australia. In this documentary, you've heard the voices of people with a disability and their supporters who have volunteered at community radio stations around Australia. Some of them were Helen Gwilliam from 3CR Melbourne, Scott Whelan and Darren Glynn Rowe from PBAFM Adelaide, Alicia Wright, formerly of Harvey Bay Community Radio and ABC Brisbane, Paul Price and Steve Richardson from 4RPH Brisbane, Alex Butters from Making Airwaves at Eastside FM in Sydney, Danny Thomas, Melissa Johnson, Paul O'Day and Michael Cherry from the Ability Radio Project at 4ZZZ in Brisbane. Their supporters included Carol Augustino, mother of Jesse, who has a show on Harvey Community Radio in Western Australia, Jody Reeve, mother of Connor, and support workers Catherine Maitland, Carolyn Savransky, and myself, Kim Stewart. This research was supported by the Queensland University of Technology and Community Radio 4ZZZ in Brisbane. Thanks to all the participants who shared their stories. Thanks also to Ula Sheehan and Nathan Laurent. If you'd like to find out more about the project to include more people with a disability in community radio, go to the website of the Ability Radio Project at abilityradioproject.wordpress.com. Thank you.